Run Your Mouth podcast. Sadly, we're not back in the shed. I had to cancel the ribbon cutting ceremony. I had to refund the tickets. I had to bring back the big scissors and the big thing of ribbon to the ribbon cutting store. I had to give them back the gopher. I had to tell them here, I already inflated all these balloons, but you're going to have to take them back. There's no ceremony. Uh, we got stormed out. You know, first we got coroned out, then we got stormed out. Who knows what tragedy will hit the nices next week, but hopefully we'll be back in the shed. And uh, for all the people that purchased tickets to the ribbon cutting ceremony, I apologize. And I, you know what? I'm not going to plan a big event for next week. I had a whole speech planned. I had a band coming out. I, I decided to go big and I feel like I was just asking for trouble. So we're not going to go big next week. Uh, probably just some beers, you know, typical shed hang. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. We'll be back in the shed at some point. Uh, today's episode brought to you by Yo Kratom Sheath Underwear. Uh for promo code RYM, 20% off, you'll create them. Uh, you can get yourself a kilo for just $60. And our newest sponsor, Run Your Mouth Coffee. You know, people are taking the Run Your Mouth revolution. They're running with it. They're starting new brands. They're uh, trying to spread free speech across the nation. And so you can go over there. And I talked to the owners of said company in the second half of the episode. So hang out for that. Uh, the other week, I caught myself up on uh, laundry debt. And uh, I got laundry in my building, which is a big step up for me. When I was in uh, um, living in, where was I living? Uh, when I was living in Astoria, I had to lug laundry around the block. I would never want to do it. So I would, uh, you know, anyways, I got laundry in my building now. And I got myself a collection of quarters. And that was last weekend. I got through all my laundry. I was all caught up. Now I got to do it again because since I had fresh clothes, I just kind of came on everything. You ever do that? You know, you're all caught up on your laundry day. You're like, man, I don't have to worry about clean clothes for a while. And then you just start wearing uh, like, you know, three sweatshirts a day, trying to get yourself extra sweaty so that when uh, you're working out, you can really eat the cake because you're just dehydrated and eating it, but you feel like you weigh less when you do it. I don't know if that's a working system, but anyways... I got all caught up on my laundry debt and I was reflecting on my life and the legacy I'm leaving. And I realized that I probably have one of the world's greatest collections of underwear because when I didn't want to do laundry in Astoria and I was out of clothing, I would frequently just go and buy new underwear and then I would wear dirty clothes to work, but the underwear would be clean. And I now have, if things went to shit, I think I got a three month supply of underwear and I don't even wear most of this underwear anymore. Cause now I got like 12 pairs of sheets. I mostly just run through the sheets cause they're much better than my fruit of the loom stash. But I'm just saying, you know, if for some reason there was no running water and I couldn't be uh, washing those sheets. And you know, the rest of the neighborhood was uh, like living like Texas right now, wearing dirty undies. I'd be good for a whole three months. And I realized that when I pass, I've got nowhere to, no one to leave my underwear collection to. I've got this unbelievable collection of maybe 150 pairs of underwear and there's no, I've got no offspring to leave it. Maybe my, maybe my niece and nephew, maybe, uh, I, you know, I haven't written up a will, but that's going to be the first item in my will is who gets my collection of underwear. Cause especially by then, you know, if I make it to like 60 or 70 and I just keep on buying up pairs of underwear and I'm not going to get rid of them. You want to talk about preparing for doom and gloom situations. You want to make sure that you've got a loaded stash. Uh, the other thing that happened to me this past week was Windows decided to do an update. And can can we just like somehow, can you set up your computer and phone and stuff to just never, uh, the updates, they never help. I've never had it like a computer and then it updates and you're like, wow, this thing is really working now. 
I guess those Microsoft people really figured out how to get my computer working better. Every single time it takes, you know, it, firstly, you always just tell it, just do it at four in the morning. Like I'm not going to be using my computer at four in the morning. You can turn my computer off on, you can go through all the, uh, the, the porn I'm watching on here. You can steal my files four in the morning. I'm asleep. You can enjoy my computer till 10 AM when I wake up and pretend like I'm going to work my, my day job, 4 AM, 10 AM, Microsoft update people that like to make my computer run slowly. You can enjoy my computer for all you want. It doesn't matter how many times you set your phone or your computer to like just update at that time. They never do it. It's always like, I, I have, you ever, have you ever done this? You try and just like restart your computer before a meeting and then it goes into the update and you're like, I am fucked. So much for that sale. You got to text them like, uh, I no longer want your money. Windows decided to update. And I find more, more often than not when they do update, they basically just update your computer from working to not working. Apple actually got busted for that where uh, people, it was rumored that every time they were doing updates, they were actually slowing down people's phones. But then it turned out to be true. I think they had to give everyone like $10 back. That's what they decided in court that everyone's phone no longer working was worth. I don't know how accurate that claim was, but I do remember that Apple got in trouble for it. Um, maybe one of the tech people that listens to the show can tell us if there's any value to the updates or if they're always just slowing down your battery and ruining your equipment, hoping that you'll go purchase more equipment from them. Speaking of dream inventions, I would like an invention. Uh, all the tech people that are listening to this, maybe someone out there can create this one. I kind of miss channel surfing. And I bet you do too. I remember, but like even channel surfing got worse over time where um, all of a sudden there was more digital information. So it would take more time to load. It wasn't as quick as like that motel television where you could just click and go. And I find that even now, if I'm listening to podcasts, sometimes I'll load up like five or six podcasts on YouTube. Or if I go to Amazon Prime Video and I want to watch a movie, there's like four movies that interest me. I want to create a program called the channel surfer. I might've already stated this on the podcast before, because I know I had a conversation with someone about this and it's all a blur at this point. I, I don't remember what I say on the podcast. If I'm repeating myself, just email me robsnewsroom at gmail.com. And then hopefully I'll make a note not to repeat it another time. But here's how the channel surfer would work. Whether it's podcasts or if it's television programs or YouTubes, whatever the fuck you're interested in watching, you just load up all of it into the thing. Like you just put the, I guess the links, you just put the links to everything that you're trying to watch. And then maybe there's a physical remote or even just a button. And the second you get bored, you can just change the channel. And then when you change the channel, you're just watching the next thing. But what it does is it actually stops in place everything you're watching. So like the old way that you used to just kind of cycle through shit and then come back to it the second it got bored. Because like I used to think about how many shows are kind of fun to watch until the commercial. And you know, I've had enough of that. Like I, I, I remember that television watching experience. You'd watch like Godfather would be on and then you'd watch that to the commercial. And then you'd be like, oh, Gordon Ramsay, which is fun for exactly 15 minutes. And then SpongeBob could be fun for about four minutes. And then, you know, you'd end up watching three music videos and be like, ah, I don't really like music videos. And then you'd watch some trash bag uh, like show of like quarters or something just to feel like you're better than the people are in the show. Then you would go back to watching Godfather for a couple of minutes and feel like you're cultured and refined for watching what's considered a movie classic. I kind of missed that watching experience, and I feel that someone could um, bring that. Maybe maybe I'll pitch it to Netflix. I know that they're trying to create some sort of a streaming options that you don't waste your entire life just looking for shows, uh, which, by the way, Netflix, one of the problems, I don't think, or maybe they've changed this because I took Netflix off my computer a little while back, but they need tabs. You, know? you should be able to watch something in one tab while searching in another. I feel like that would uh, you know, fix that problem. 
And while we're talking about my dream invention, the channel surfer, maybe I can even register that domain, channelsurfer.com or something like that. And then the money could be is that when you flip channels, we actually insert the ads and then we monetize everybody else's content. Boom. There we go. Sold. Who wants to invest? Uh, so I haven't really gone on any good YouTube rabbit holes in a while. I find more often than not, YouTube knows my taste well enough that they're just kind of showing me jam bands I already listened to. They used to show me the Joe Rogan highlights, but that seems not to be on YouTube anymore. How many other people have fallen, kind of fallen off from being a regular, I guess, regularly on top of what's going on on Rogan since it's no longer on YouTube? Um, but anyways, I guess after the update, a lot of my stored information was no longer stored and I was approaching YouTube with a clean slate. And so I started going down these YouTube rabbit holes, which I haven't done in years. I think some of the best rabbit holes I've gone on on YouTube, firstly, you used to be able to go down those rabbit holes about how Jews were stealing your money. That was a fun one. Any of the Illuminati stuff was fun. Anti-government stuff. Those were always kind of fun. Alien stuff was kind of fun. Basically, everything uh, Chrissy Mayer was talking about. I haven't gone down one of those tunnels in a while. Uh, I remember watching Subway fights. That was a lot of fun. Do you guys remember when um, there was like those epic food creations? I don't know. I feel like on YouTube, I used to just get a lot more random stuff coming at me. Uh, but one random rabbit hole that I was going down the other day was just rude people getting kicked out of Ubers. And there's something just so satisfying about seeing a guy being like, nope, ride's over, get the hell out of my car, and seeing these people just trying to be... And then, by the way, I realized... I don't think I have the best Uber rating, which I don't understand. I don't I, like I've always tipped in Ubers and maybe it's because I don't want to make conversation. I don't know what it is, uh, but or maybe I'm one of these crazy people that thinks that they're totally normal. Maybe if I watch the footage of me getting into Ubers, I just start talking to the guy like I'm doing the podcast, like it's four people talking to him at the same time and he's just nodding his head. I've never done that. I've, I've honestly never done that. The uh, other thing that I spotted on YouTube, which I'm sure you guys have all seen Neil Armstrong when he landed on the moon moon. And you all know the classic line when he says, uh, you know, one small step for, for man, one small, one large step for mankind, something along those lines. But I actually, I want to play this clip for you because what you've never seen is, um, what happens nearly like seconds afterwards here. I, I don't know if this is going to uh, pump up the volume and hopefully you guys can hear this. Yep, that's humanity at its greatest, right there. Hippity hoppity hippity hoppity. <laughs> Whoever they uh was the screenwriter on the filming of that really kind of fell off on the dialogue after the one small which the quote that I'm clearly messing up. Uh that's like the kind of moment that you wouldn't even want to be seen doing alone in your apartment. Uh, and yet this is, you know, the, 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 this thing that they said was so grand. This is what the guys, hippity hoppity, hippity hoppy, good old 1950s America. Last rabbit hole I went down was uh, I was watching the best footage of people who I guess decided to streak in the middle of like a baseball game, football game. I don't think anyone's really tried streaking in a hockey game, which would be funny to try and jump into the ice and then just, you know, fall right on your face. But two observations, I think, because it's a lot of fun when it happens, even though it disturbs the game, there's a moment there where everybody starts rooting for the guy who's running. It's particularly funny in football because the officials start going after them. And obviously any of the football players could easily just tackle the guy. 
But I almost think that for one, in order to be eligible for this, you, you should have to streak naked. If you're going streaking, you got to streak. You, you can't, you can't, you can't just go on the field and run. You got to ditch all your clothes. None of these male thongs, none of these like something you got to go full frontal nudity. I know the kids are watching at home, but to me, this should almost be a part of the sport. The same way like in hockey, you've, you've got the fights in there and that becomes an element of the sport. You don't watch the game for the hockey fights, but it's fucking fun when it happens. Same thing in NASCAR. I don't think people watch NASCAR specifically hoping that you're going to see one of these, you know, 25 car pileups, but it's certainly fucking fun when it happens. It becomes an element of the sport. It's almost like ADD friendly entertainment that, you know, sometimes you're watching the ball game and it's really fun and then it gets boring. And then all of a sudden there's a naked streaker on the field. But here's what I'm thinking. I think there should be a base. Like if the guy can get to that thing, like he doesn't get in any trouble. Maybe even wins a prize. Maybe like they just show up with like hot chicks and hot dogs and I don't know, a check from Nathan's hot dogs or something else. But I think it should be that. And maybe there should be like a rule, like once one guy's done it in a game, that's it. But like once a game, if one guy wants to take to the field naked and try and make it to that thing, if he gets there, it's like an end zone. Maybe you put it in a baseball field, soccer field. I don't think that this would really work in hockey probably wouldn't really work in NASCAR, but I mean, God bless. You want to charge the field in NASCAR and not get hit run over. Maybe that too. Maybe then they should tip you out, you know, just make it a part of the experience. All right. That is enough of um, YouTube talks. So let's get into the news. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi has said that they're going to run an investigation, you know, a 9-11 style investigation into what happened. And I know I brought this up on part of the problem, but if they all voted that Trump needs to be impeached because he you know, got this, worked up this mob into a frenzy, then isn't that the answer to what happened? Why do we got to run an investigation? You guys all have voted that the reason why that took place is that Trump uh, is responsible. And so then we don't need to have a whole investigation of this. Also, uh, if you're going to make a whole commission to investigate this, can we get a commission to investigate voter fraud? Because uh, I'm pretty sure that if you could just, you know, I guess rework the elections so that everyone agrees with the results and that they don't, there's no possible way for people to even consider that the election was stolen, then they're probably not going to storm the Capitol. So I would think that instead of investigating, I mean, or if you're trying to investigate how we can ensure that such incidents don't happen again, then the root cause would be that people uh, did not believe that the election was legitimate. And so you could go, go run that council, go run that investigation. The other news of the week was that Texas got that big old storm. Uh, I think in the first reports, there was as many as 21 deaths uh, and 21. I mean, that's unacceptable. And you got to consider the fact that the numbers will probably go up. So I'm starting to wonder, you know, is the U.S. government going to consider shutting down the country on account of weather? I mean, we probably need to consider how to get rid of weather before we can just continue going about our lives. I mean, we, we set precedent for that with the coronavirus that if there's anything beyond our control that might in some way lead to any amount of deaths, we got to shut this thing down for any amount of time until we can be absolutely certain that everyone will be safe from any situation that could possibly confront humanity. And I haven't heard anyone talking about this. There hasn't been one person addressing the fact that what we're just going to stay open while there's risk of weather. I, I mean, you could be outside of your house when a storm hits. This is this is really uh, a letdown of the American people. I mean, all the all the money that we're spending and the elected officials that's supposed to stand for democracy, they're just going to allow weather to continue. I, I really hope someone brings this up. So Ted Cruz, he got into some shit 
Um, it's weird that he, you know, cause you would think he's got a face for winter. That guy's got beard, fat face. He's got that big gut and he wanted to go for his daughters and people are very upset. I almost feel like he can't fault him. The, these people's entire life is to live pretty good while the rest of us are suffering. That's their entire life is that, you know, doesn't matter how bad the economy gets. These people are doing okay. Doesn't matter how bad our healthcare is. Their healthcare is pretty good. So why symbolically suffer at all? Like what, what, you know, how can you be upset for him for not being willing to symbolically suffer? You know, their entire job is that they get to live pretty good while we don't. Uh, but I like the idea that he basically said, Hey, I, I wanted to get out of there for my kids. Uh, my kids didn't like it. You know, they looked at me and said, daddy, but why I don't want to stay in our mansion and pretend like we're like everyone else. Why do we have to pretend to be cold in our mansion? If school's going to be out for a couple of days, let's go to Cancun, Cancun. And all he really needed to say is it's, you know, I had to go down to Cancun because it's not easy for me to make decisions when I'm cold. Um, you know, there's a pandemic going on. I'm trying to do everything that I can to help Texas. And if I'm going to be cold at home, I'm really not going to be able to do my best thinking. It's like being on an airplane where you got to put the oxygen on yourself. So I got to, I got to go to a warm place so I can figure out how you guys don't die from the cold. And I really, what I think his mistake was, is I'm a rich. Why are you, why are you not flying private? That's how this guy got in trouble is that he didn't fly private. So people knew that he was out there. Like, doesn't he know someone like a Jeffrey Epstein's got a plane can bring him down there. Here's what you got to do. You got to fly private. Then you get a big green screen. You, you know, you put up giant winds behind you. You pretend like uh, your house doesn't have walls anymore. And you're like, I'm here and, and I'm freezing, but I, I got to stand with Texas. Got to make sure that Texas is safe. What, what am I supposed to do? And it's so cold and I'm here and I'm shivering. I mean, if Biden can pretend like he's still alive, I'm sure Ted Cruz can figure out the technology to green screen himself as if he's standing within a storm. I. Uh, so the reporting was that single digit temperatures that hit the state caused a surge in demand for heat that overwhelmed the power grid, cutting off electricity to millions of homes and businesses. And you got to love these government monopoly services who their claim is always, hey, listen, we do our best, but we're not going to be here when you really need us. You know, when when things are freezing and you really need your power, that's what you can't expect us. I mean, if everybody really, really needs us, if we get into a situation where it's the exact situation where you would really need our services, well, you know, that, that's not what we're here for. One of the other uh, things that caught my eye this week is it appears that everything that is not cash is going up in value. You got Bitcoin, that thing's going, it's like anything that's not uh I don't even know what, what I was trying to say there, but <laughs> one of the things going up in value is uh, baseball cards. I need to go back to my parents' house because lucky for me, I'm a hoarder and I don't throw shit out. If Beanie Babies come back in style tomorrow, I got some Beanie Babies. If uh, Grateful Dead tie-dye shirts uh, from uh, when the Grateful Dead was dead and no longer going, but the other variations and cover bands were still playing shows that I was going to, I got those. I've got my uh, high school hockey uniforms. I don't know if that's going to be worth money. I like my parents that I got, you know, cause every time my mom is like, you got to throw this stuff out. I would just bring it up to the attic. I'm a, I'm a quiet hoarder. I haven't reached the level where like I go find other people's trash, but I don't like to get rid of my own trash. It's all up there. Maybe my college textbooks, maybe those are, it's amazing. Inflation really bails out the hoarders where, you know, at some point you can be like, listen, I knew those left-handed scissors and a uh, bag of dead crickets were going to be worth money. I knew I like, can you imagine watching, you know, now some of the things that are going to be worth money. If you were one of these people whose family made you throw it, you're like, I fucking knew it. 
I held on to some of this bullshit for 25 years and you guys threw it out right while I was worth money. Who's got baseball cards? Who who listening to this? Run your mouth. Uh, what's my uh, what's my email address? Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Maybe we can uh, get an old school sit down and trade party going. When was the last time you did that? You sat down with your binder of baseball cards and you, you made trades with your friends. I'm telling you, I got a binder of baseball cards. I know I got a Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, rookie card. Uh, I got a couple Mark McGuire cards. I don't know what else I have that's of any value. But because, you know, I think I traded away some good cards for those stupid tops cards that just had like the metal machinery in the background. I was really dumb that way where, you know, you could get me to give up a rookie card because I would be, oh, that one's shinier. I want the shiny one. Yeah, yeah, take take my Mark McGuire rookie card and my Barry Bonds, you know, uh, celebration of the year of home runs and give me that thing that's a little bit shinier. All right, last news story is that uh, Fauci got a million-dollar prize uh, for, you know, lying on the news each week. It, it, that, it came from Israel. Israel was like, listen, you've done such a good job of, um, you know, I guess representing medicine companies and making sure that people with patents on uh, – on vaccines are going to make a lot of money. And so we're not even going to pretend like we don't bribe government officials. Here's a million dollar prize. And then he also said that it's non-workable to keep schools closed until all teachers are vaccinated, which is, um, that's a new thing that all of a sudden shutting down is, is not workable. Um, it, it's actually a scientific criteria of that there's workable and non-workable uh, and sometimes shutting down the entire country is workable. It's not so much whether or not it's going to have an impact. It's not whether or not it will actually make us safe or not safe. Um, it's the it, 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 it's not the utility of the function. It's whether or not the function is workable. And so a year ago, even though it probably did nothing by way of the virus, um, it was workable to shut down all the schools. But at the moment, he no longer sees that as a workable solution. All right. And then last story that I'm going to highlight. And then we're going to talk to the CEOs, the founders of Run Your Mouth Coffee, bringing the Run Your Mouth title just from the fictional world of me running my mouth on this podcast to the world of tangible goods that you can actually purchase, such as coffee products. But CNN says that it's reinstated a ban on Chris Cuomo covering his brother, Governor Cuomo, which is very convenient to be banned from covering the exact topic that you obviously don't want to have. That's almost part of um, propaganda and censorship is not highlighting certain topics because you don't want them to be covered. So it's pretty convenient when CNN all of a sudden goes, well, uh, we, we want to be non-biased. So we've banned everybody for cover. It's like, imagine if I, uh, I don't know, us straight up went to war um, with, uh, I, I don't know, let's just say we decided to go to war with Mexico and someone who was like the head of the you know company that's selling all the tanks to the U.S. government going into Mexico was working at CNN. And they said, you know what? Uh, and by the way, and the tanks were doing horrible stuff. They're just leveling villages. And CNN goes, well, we're, we're going to not cover this story. We're banning ourselves from covering the story because it wouldn't be biased. Well, that's bias. That bi that's bias right there and saying that you're not going to cover it. Um, and I know that Chris Cuomo, he actually said he was very upset about this. He's got journalistic integrity and he feels muzzled by the decision of CNN to not allow him to discuss how his brother murders the elderly. That was a story he wanted to cover. Um, he's apologized to his viewers. He said that hopefully CNN will um, realize that it's biased for them to not allow him to address the fact that 
his older brother is a murderer of the elderly. Uh, and now, oh wait, I got some other plugs. Let's do it once more. Yokratum.com, home of the $6 kilo load up. Get, get yourself those kilos. Who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm talking about inflation here. You know, those kilos, they're not going down in value and you're never going to get them for any cheaper. So you might as well load up now, load up on those kilos, use it as, um, if it's, uh, you're living in Texas and you're cold, it's probably because you don't have enough things in your house, like the, the ceiling that, that, um, I mean, not the ceiling on your roof, but I mean that, that pink stuff that they insulation that they wedge in your walls at 60 bucks a kilo. You could be using that Kratom as insulation. And then as you get hungry for, you know, things that are fun to take, you can just be pulling out of your wall, almost training your kids for, um, you know, going to other people's homes and just eating the walls. And I am sure then they can get lead and all the, like, you know, all these other chemicals that will make them into super strong human beings because they've been exposed to things. And obviously I'm not making medical health claims here, but as long as we're plugging sponsors before we get into discussing run your mouth coffee, uh, shout out to sheath underwear. As I've said, I've got one of the world's finest underwear collections and maybe I'll auction off all my underwear. I know a bunch of these hot chicks are doing it. Because at this point, I don't need 120 pairs of fruit in the loom. I don't need a three-month supply. Maybe a one-month supply makes sense. Maybe, you know, water will be down for long enough that after my two-week supply of sheath, I'm forced to go back to my loosey-goosey ways of semi-ripped fruit of loom underwear. But maybe I've got two full months of that stuff that I can auction off there. And of course, you can get yourself some sheath underwear by going to uh, sheath.com using promo code RYM and getting 20% off. And now I got joining our show... You know, we're starting a run your mouth revolution and uh, not only are we out here running our mouths, but we're inspiring others to, you know, take the mantle and, and spread free speech and actually make physical products. And so I invite the co-founders, the CEOs, the presidents, I don't know what fancy title you guys give yourselves of the run your mouth coffee brand, our newest sponsor of the run your mouth podcast. And it's a pleasure to have both John and Ben with us tonight. What's going on, man? Thanks for having us. I, my uh, computer froze, so I missed your intro, but I'm going to assume you didn't curse us both and you said good things. But uh, yeah, great to be here, man. Yeah, no, I, I welcomed you to the show and I said I was excited to try a coffee. So there was nothing harmful or ill will said here. So right off the bat, let's talk coffee for a second. Um, I, I drink a ton of coffee. I probably am drinking, I would say eight cups a day is probably my something something along those lines. What are you guys at? It depends if my wife like steals everything before she goes to work um, and then how lazy I am about making another pot. Um, usually the kids will do it for me <laughs> and then I'll have like, you know, four or five, but uh, otherwise probably one or two. Well, you know actually... what, makes, what makes you less less lazy about making more coffee is drinking coffee. So it's a, it's a cycle. It, there uh, you go. I, uh, I'm really lazy about making coffee. My system now is I cold brew in the fridge, which is, uh, you just, you, you know, you just put it in there and I, I, it might be too much. I think I drink six. I basically have, you know, probably like a double in the morning, a double at lunch, and then like an energy drink in the evening. I would say that's kind of where I'm at now for you guys, dude, your coffee smells good. Like even when it was in that outside package, I smelt it. And then when I opened, I was like, dude, this smells good. I was wondering, am I going to ruin it? if I go cold brew with it, like, am I not going to be experiencing the full grace of your coffee? Or are you guys not that finicky about your product? You're like, it's coffee, just drink it and enjoy it. It's your call. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's your coffee. Yeah, The way that I look at it, like, like same thing with wine, you know, people, 
some people like uh, wine, the other people hate. And uh, if they like it, that's good. If you like to cold, cold brew your coffee, cold brew it. If you want to, you know, make it in a French press, do that. If you want to make a drip, do that. I mean, whatever, uh, whatever tastes good to you. And, and you got the uh, rebellion beans, right? The, uh, yeah, which I think the, uh, you said they're brewed in a like a, a like the bourbon or something like that. Yeah, they're, yeah, aged they're aged in aged for thirty days in a uh, bourbon barrel and then uh, then roasted to order. And I just I just had that this morning and I was reminded how good it is. That's probably my favorite one. I, I'm, the only thing I'm nervous about is that it might get my alcoholism going right for breakfast. Where I'm like, <laughs> fuck that little hint of bourbon. Fuck it. <laughs> Have you had that at all, or it's not that uh, it's not that strong of a bourbon taste? <laughs> no, I, I haven't had that yet. Um, yeah, it yeah. does well in the morning. I've, I've not wanted to uh, drink too early from the coffee. Uh, probably some other things, but uh, I, I can't blame it on the coffee. You can there blame you the kids, not the coffee. But uh, yeah, 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 I, I yeah. haven't uh, haven't put any whiskey in my coffee yet i mean I'm a I, I, I have before in my life but not because of that reason <laughs> <laughs> i love uh i well actually i was about to say i haven't really had coffee with alcohol i'm a big red bull vodka person which i know is like such garbage but when i'm out drinking i like a vodka red bull and before vodka red bull came around i was a big fan which i took from the big lebowski but coffee liqueur and uh and vodka i, I didn't go white russian the milk thing was just a little bit too gross if you were boozing and but I and I, I and I felt like I was being a little healthier by just going with the black Russian, which is ridiculous. But I was a big fan of those. Yeah, yeah. I I, I had a, a long spell of of those, long spell, delicious drinks. But I think I'm I'm going to. That's an, one of my plans that I I, I want to try with this is um, really with with the bourbon coffee, trying to to add that to some some different homebrew stuff and see what what flavors we can get out of there um because i think it would just be just to add to things um you know whether you mean it's, by it's homebrew you mean for beer uh like distilling or, or maybe adding it to to a meat or something like that um i i can't do beer i can't i can't brew beer to save my life um but the other things i i can do uh okay at, yeah so so you I can make say, like you can distill. I guess you can distill anything down into. You could, but. and and I I would imagine that it would leave some flavor, some some huh. body behind, and who who knows what it tastes like? I don't know. Well, I'm game for an experiment if it includes <laughs> coffee turned into booze. I, it sounds like two wins on both sides. I've become a really big fan of. I, I've always liked rye whiskey. I would say I drink everything. It's it's kind of setting more than anything, but is now. I'm mostly at home drinking at home alone. I'm a big fan of a nice rye on the rocks. And I've become a sucker for anytime I find a rye that they're putting in an exotic cask. Sometimes they're putting them in rum casks. And I've also seen them put in like sherry wine casks. And I find maybe it's just I like a, a sweeter beverage, but I become a, like a sucker for those. I don't know if you guys have tried any of them. I, I have not. So so when you're drinking it, are you a purist? Are you just drinking it with no ice straight up? Or do you, you put a cube in there? Or no, I like it on the there? rocks. I yeah. definitely like it on the rocks, yeah. Especially with the rise, because like sometimes they're as high as you know 50% or so. Um, so no, I definitely I like them on the rocks, and I like to sip them. That, that's my style. Yeah, I mean, I'll drink the rise uh, sometimes. This one I had recently, it's not really a rye, but it was. Uh, it's made by Wild Turkey, and it's called Forgiven. I don't know if you've heard of it. 
And it was actually like a mistake the first time they made it. It's for wife beaters. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that too. But uh, they uh, they mixed together rye rye whiskey and wild turkey bourbon. The guy did it by mistake, and they were like, "This is this is terrible." They're probably about to fire the guy, and they tasted it, and it's delicious, man. It is it is really good. But like when you, I guess they had, you know you have to leave it age for you know years or whatever. So in order to make another batch, I don't know when the next batch will be out. Probably years from now. But it's delicious stuff. Is that going to be one of those things where it becomes uh, very expensive in whiskey lore because they'll never be able to duplicate whatever his mistake was? Probably, yeah. Probably. That's fun. I would assume. All right. So before uh, we move on to a little bit of libertarian <laughs> talk, because I know you guys podcast as well, and I'm curious to hear about your podcast. Um, what, what are the big plans for the run your mouth name? I'm hoping to piggyback your efforts that you guys can, uh, you know, spread it far and wide. <laughs> Hopefully people even think that I was an entrepreneur and trying to extend, extend the brand. So as many people want to step in and take the name and slap it on something and go sell it, I'm all for it. So you guys being the actual businessmen here, what, what do you got planned for it? You want to take I it, mean, Ben? Or? It's starting to. I, well, I mean, it's starting to grow, right? We got five flavors right now, um, and and I, I should be able to name them off the top of my head. Um, it, there, there's a pumpkin, pumpkin. Uh, yeah. There's an espresso, uh, the the bourbon barrel that we talked about. Um, the Rebellion beans. There's a, uh, I don't know. There's a single blend um, from Mexico. Uh, single origin, know, yeah. And then there's yeah, a single uh, origin. There we go. I'm single blend. How about that? Um, <laughs> It's just, it's just so we one got five, bean, and I think they, we're they, thinking they about. It. <laughs> I think we're we're uh, thinking about adding a, a maybe a new flavor sometime in the semi nearish future. Um, you know, getting it getting it out there. Yeah, and it's it's funny, Robbie. Like the number of people that have reached out to us and said, "Did you go into business with Robbie the Fire?" I'm like, "No, no, we didn't." You can just <laughs> but, say uh, yes. Just just go with it. Just uh, <laughs> we're trying to spread the run your mouth message, get people caffeinated talking about stuff that's above their pay grade. And uh, you can even put that on the back of, you can put that right on the back. I give it to you. <laughs> Getting people caffeinated so they can talk about stuff above their pay grade. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but, but like uh, with Run Your Mouth, I mean, sort of like, and we, we thought of this, when was it? Like in last March or April, when Goodness. we were like coming uh, up yeah. with ideas for it. Then the yep. COVID kind of punched us in the dicks. Yep. But uh, Couple so- times. We came up with the name Run Your Mouth, and we didn't steal it from you, Robbie. I promise you no. that. We thought of it right. in, <laughs> independently. Uh, it's but- all good. You're not the first. The last guy that did it was um, a runner who uh, hit up iTunes and declared us for defamation. And, you know, we let that <laughs> we let that go. I just blamed it on the fag cast guy. So <laughs> don't worry. I'm not uh, – no n- – no accusations of thievery, and I feel like the name is open source and will hopefully yeah. be used by non-runners who actually want to advance the Liberty message. So at least Absolutely. you're using it for good. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like I uh, I trademarked the the name uh, Make Liberty Great Again to put on hats, which totally flopped. It's a terrible idea. But anyway, I spent money on a trademark. But the reason I did it is because I didn't want like, you know, Republicans to take it and, you know, try to steal it. But anybody who wants anybody right now, if you want to use that, I mean, I'll uh, go ahead, make <laughs> make some merchandise and make Liberty Great Again. Have at it. I don't, I don't care. But uh, I forget what I was talking. Oh, yeah. For, for Run Your Mouth, what we were... Like the vision eventually, obviously we're building the brand. It's going to take time to build up our social media and our audience and all that good stuff. But uh, eventually, I mean, we want to be a platform 
that helps to advance, you know, uncensored speech, not just, you know, free speech, you know, government uh, protected by the government, but in all sectors, because at the end of the day, even these so-called private companies like Twitter or Facebook, if they're deplatforming people, that's not good for society. That's not good for, you know, the discourse in this country to have the former president of the United States silenced by, uh, by social media. Cause you know, whatever you feel about Trump, you know, say, say Trump was, you know, this horrible, terrible person that, you know, was actually a Nazi and uh, they kick him off social media. All that's going to do is sort of suck energy towards them. And people are going to think, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe those ideas, they're actually, you know, there's something to it if they're trying to silence him. So put the ideas out there, let people talk about them. And uh, that's, that's pretty much what we stand for, I guess. Yeah. I actually think that it, it goes a little bit, um, bigger than that, that I, I do think that we're coming to a landscape where we actually need brands that are um, willing to support the alternative content. And we almost need to educate the consumers that you need to go purchase from those brands. Um, and it started when, you know, you saw what like the brands did when they boycotted Facebook. Um, I actually think that I, I had a person on my podcast, we were talking about the censorship in the YouTube space, or even look at Jack Dorsey. I don't know that much about Jack Dorsey. I just look at Square and mm-hmm. the payment processing that he's involved with. And also like the fact that he wants to use Square for payment processing for marijuana, the fact that he seems to like Bitcoin. I don't think that this guy's a guy who has a personal leftist or pro-government attitude. That's just my guess. I don't know Jack mm-hmm. Dorsey. I haven't followed what he what he's done. But I honestly think the deplatforming is that these guys know that they have to play ball with certain characters in government. That like they're essentially given marching orders and they know, hey, listen, I don't want to piss off government because that's going to be the end of my business. Um, but with that being said, I, I think a lot of what because I, I heard we, we had a person on my show a couple weeks ago who um, I think he used to work for maybe it was Amazon. But he was saying that a lot of the censorship on YouTube actually comes from the fact YouTube, they're essentially a television network. And they want to profit off the television network. And if the sponsors tell them, hey, I don't want this other content here, then all of a sudden, like, they don't want to be paying the bandwidth to have content up there that they can't monetize. You know what I mean? They don't want it there. All of a sudden, it's all these eyeballs that are actually depleting from their ad dollars. Um, And I work in the ad space trying to sell, like, media on stuff that I know companies will profit from. But because it's alternative, they don't want to touch. Uh, So I think over time... they they started at first when all of these brands said, hey, we're leaving Facebook because of the fact that uh, Breitbart's here. And so we don't want to be affiliated with it. Um, or when, you know, Gillette did the, you know, let men stop being men or whatever the fuck that thing was. We need other brands to come into the space and go, no, we'll fucking support your free speech. And then we need the people who actually value that, that a brand will support their free speech, will go purchase it. At the end of the day, I haven't tried your coffee. It might be the most delicious coffee in the world, but let's go with whiskey. <laughs> I mean, right now I have Rittenhouse Rye. If someone invented fuck you free speech rye and they were the ones that would support this, then yes, go fucking drink that. Believe me, your Jack Daniels is not going to be that much better than the whiskey brand that actually wants to support the content that you like. Um, so you guys are taking a step in that direction. I almost, I, I actually thought of the idea of making fuck you whiskey corp <laughs> and like an alternative Amazon where it's like, just whatever the fuck you need. We're the ones that will actually sponsor the, you need a fucking broom. We'll sell you a shitty broom. It's going to come from China. We'll also exploit their labor. You'll get it for cheap. And guess what? It will sweep your floor. But at the end of the day, we'll support the content that you actually want to watch. So mm-hmm. in that regard, I actually think strategically what you're doing is, uh, a, a, something that we need in a step in the right direction. 
Yeah, it, it used to be not too long ago, like, you know, marrying culture um, with, uh, you know, marketing was sort of like a no-no. But yeah, in today's society, like generation, uh, the millennials and generation Z, that's what they're all about. I mean, they make a lot of their purchasing decisions based on what the company who's selling the product, what they're saying. And uh, with, you know, uh, free speech and uncensored speech, that's something that should go across, you know, political spectrums. You're going to have people who are liberals, people who are Republicans, people who are libertarians who all support it. So if you can use the brand to kind of wake people up from, uh, especially I think people on the left are, have kind of fallen way, way off mm -hmm. of uh, remembering what free speech is all about. Uh, I think that's, it could be powerful. Well, it should be, should be. I hope so. Uh, all right. So now let's move on from the Run Your Mouth Coffee brand. Both you guys, you have podcasts yourself. You're in the Liberty space. John, I know you're affiliated with the Lions of Liberty and you've got your show, Finding Freedom. I heard you guys are going to be at a pork fest this year, right? Yeah, we, I mean, we were going every year until last year. It was, you know, with COVID, we didn't. So yeah, our plan as of now is to, uh, is to be there. Are you planning on going? I think there's a there's a good chance of it. I like those uh, those guys up there. I did a really fun gig at one of their uh, clubhouses. Might have been back. I guess it was at the end of 2020. Uh, but me and Dave did it two years ago. We were just there for one day, so we missed you guys. We were there uh, Thursday night, and we had to come back mm -hmm. for Skankfest. But it was a good time. So I'm hoping I'm hoping we can line up a comedy show and a live podcast. But we haven't actually locked down any of the. No, basically, I haven't spoken to Dave yet, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good time up there and they have a uh i'm sure you've dipped into it but they have a, a vip tent where uh you know there's the they got the whole bar stocked up and you can drink for free if they have that again oh it's probably gonna sway us to go back i was only there for one night and <laughs> i definitely i mean i just i i i was like we're at a fucking festival yeah and i i got hammered and i just kind of because they put us up at the whatever that motel was which was pretty cool but I was like, I want to be with the people. And I was wandering through 10 city and I was like really stoned. So I was just basically looking for whoever had bright lights and just stirring up dumbass conversations. So I had a good time for the one night I was there. Nice. I think I was almost there too early. I was hoping I was like, would crash more random tailgates, but no one was really out there barbecuing late at night, but maybe, maybe that's what I'll bring next year. I'll bring, I'll bring the sandwiches. Maybe I'll bring a fucking sandwich tent. Start open that thing up at two in the morning. You guys want to sponsor that as well? The run your mouth uh, sandwich tent. Sure, why not? <laughs> Dude, yeah. If you sell, if you sell grilled time. grilled fluffernutters, man, I'm telling that's you, that's not a bad idea, actually. Nah, well, I don't know if I can. Uh... Dude, grilled grilled fluffs, man. They're, they're like it's amazing. Put a little what little smear mayo on there. Put it on the griddle. It's like it, it fluffernutter, man. It's a peanut butter and fluff sandwich, but you you grill it. And it, it toasts it and it melts it all together. And at two in the morning, when you're out of your gourd, it is the most amazing thing you like. I to used to um, in uh, but uh, I was in... <laughs> no, no, go for it. If you got more on your fluff nut recipe, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I, by the way, that wasn't me being sarcastic. I always sound no, fucking no, sarcastic. No, I was legitimately interested <laughs> in your in your fluff nut recipe. <laughs> no, no, that's about it. A little, little smear I... mayo on both sides, and uh, yeah. Ooh, mayo, you just ruined that for me. I'm going to be honest. I'm not, uh, not a big mayo fan, but when I was in high school, um, I mean, I was a big stoner. I lived in this dormitory, and I used to waste a lot of time walking around Washington Heights looking for Ice Krispie treats. It was just one of my hobbies. 
uh, walking through old bodegas, you know, I don't know why Rice Krispie treats weren't that easy to come by up there. So it was like a fun mission to waste two hours finding the one bodega with Rice Krispie treats. But I had one week where I got, I, I'm a fan of the fluff nutter. Um, my recipe, and you might, you might object to this, but I used to sometimes make it on graham crackers. You go peanut butter and fluff just on the graham crackers. Great combo. But when I was in, I had like a grilled cheese maker in my dormitory and this is in high school, mind you. And I, I had one time where I picked up a stack of Wonder Bread and I was making fluffernutters with like um, a piece of like Hershey's chocolate in there, almost like s'mores. And I'd put it in the grilled cheese maker, you know, fluff on one side, peanut butter on the Wonder Bread, which is just basically mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know, like bread formed, you know, corn syrup nobody yes yeah. would say <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was I, I don't know that i could do that again as an adult like i think now as an adult i would just be like this is a little too ridiculous in terms of caloric consumption but at the time it was great so uh, you got to put the mayo on the outside of the bread right like the, the you're using it like butter mayo is actually what uh yeah like butter and, and the egg actually kind of crisps it so much better than, than the butter does. Uh, works the same for, for like grilled cheese. Uh, and it's not a lot, so you can't taste it. It's just like yeah. that little bit of egg schmear. Just toast it up nice. I, I understand I, I may... like Russian dressing on like uh, if you're, you know, you're eating your pastrami type thing. Like I get it. I've eaten a lot of mayo in my life. At one point I was just looking at mayo. I must've been stunned. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's gross. Like it's just white and just doesn't need to be refrigerated. So you open it and it's egg. I'm like, and then I realized as an adult, like, Dude, mayo makes me fucking fart. It makes me, it gives me the fucking fart. So I don't like, you know, I, I'm not like, I can't say I'm anti-mayo because that's a little bit too ridiculous. But for the most part, I don't eat a lot of mayo. It's not like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm good without it. But mayo where it's not traditional strikes me as a little bit flagrant. Like I don't really quite see, you're more just looking at it for the toast which I, and I feel like if you had the proper like panini maker or something else to toast that bread, you, you're like, you're invested too much in the crunch that you're going for mayo to facilitate it. I mean, but I've used it with grilled cheese. In fact, I made grilled cheese today and used mayo. And the thing with like using butter, how the fuck butter, are you skinny? You're eating grilled cheese for lunch as an adult with mayo on the side. I hate skinny people. And you have a full head of hair. What the fuck genetics did you get? I also ran four <laughs> miles today, so that helps a little bit. But uh, yeah, so with, with mayo, I mean, I find the older I get, the more condiments I use. And I do love talking about sandwiches, but it's like you I, need more lube. I get it. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've reached a point and like I used to be a, just a mustard guy. I would never touch mayo. I'm like, mayo is disgusting. Then all of a sudden, it's whenever I go to the beach, when, I don't know what it is about the beach, but I'm eating more sandwiches when I'm at the beach, kind of like, you know, you coming into the house from being out in the morning, want to grab a sandwich, go back out. Whatever about being at the beach with the sand and the sun, mayo just sounds delicious. So I started putting mayo in my sandwich then, and it's just kind of just bled over into my everyday life. And now I put mayo and mustard, which sounds crazy, but it's, it's freaking good, man. What kind of sandwiches are you it's making good. when you go to the beach that you're slapping mayo on them? What are we talking here? I mean, I'm talking... Uh, American cheese. Uh, I'll, if, if there's turkey and ham, I'll do that. If, if there's some salami, I'll put a slice of salami on there too. Um, I don't discriminate. All a tomato. Those if, if you have a good tomato, I mean, tomatoes have gone to shit recently in recent years, but find a good tomato, slice tomato on there. That's perfect. All these things blend with, uh, with mayo. I'm Just okay with that, especially the, the turkey. Uh, ben, 
if you're eating just peanut butter and jelly and you decide, hey, yeah. I kind of want this toaster, do you throw mayo mm-hmm. on that? I mean, if I put it on the griddle, hell yeah. It is, it's amazing. I don't amazing. approve if, I, if I'm just putting it in the toaster, I'll just toast the bread. But uh, no, dude, try it, man. Try it. it. It melts like the 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 peanut butter and jelly. They just melt together. It just becomes this like Elmer's glue sludge inside some really toasty bread. And it's delicious. Not selling it well with the Elmer's glue <laughs> Elmer's things. Glue You're like, it just gets like a cummy type residue. You know, that's what everyone looks for when they're trying to eat a sandwich is something kind of crispy and gummy at the end. Um, all right. So. Let's talk podcast. You mustache all the time. <laughs> you do got a bushy mustache, dude. That that thing's legit. The second you came on, I was like, I like that guy's stash. That thing's that thing's doing it. What's uh What's your job that you got a stash <laughs> for like that? That's almost like a cop stash. I, I don't. I don't. I, I uh, I'm a stay at home dad. Uh, there you go. You're full time. Run your mouther. Homeschooling two of them. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a homesteader, so he's out, you know, um, work working the fields, birthing are, birthing baby goats and, and things like that. Are any of your kids dumb goats. that you're like, I wish I could get better students? Um, no, we send those to public school. Um, no, no, we're we're good, we're good. Um, they're all you know, love them all the same. Um, it's it's good. It's it's been interesting homeschooling because it was. I actually went to school to be a teacher. Um, I actually taught in in Brooklyn for a, a couple of years before I moved and eventually bailed. But um, I we've we've been enjoying it and uh, yeah, keeping busy. Trying to get the, the school system did not. And... The school system did not serve me well, and uh, I'm working on a comedy bit right now. Usually with comedy bits, I don't spend that much time writing them because I get to develop them on stage. This is I'm I'm taking a different approach, and this is the first time. I, I mean, I've been waking up every morning, spending about 25, 30 minutes writing on this bit, which is just purely anti-school. Nice. Um, now I'm curious to know from from you homeschooling. Um, do you find that you you must be? I would think you've got to be covering a lot more material with your kids than what would be covered. Like I feel like if I if you took college. Right. Like for me, I didn't show up to school until I had to take the finals. But for me, you could have done college probably in a year and a half if you basically just did one week on one week off one class at a time. And just you made me write the paper and did like the two tests. Like literally you could have that for me, that would have been a better system. And I could I could have been in and out quicker. It would have been more focused. And I didn't need class was not something that served my time. Well, yes. So I'm curious is, is since you're just sitting down with your kids and you're homeschooling them, do you find like, I, I don't know your second, the kid who would be in second grade is now on fourth grade material or not really. So, yeah, I mean, it, it totally depends. Like, you know, cause the state requires you to be in school for 180 days, at least four and a half hours. Right. So if you want to play by those rules, you know, you, you do that and just move along and really, you know, it takes, two, three, four hours to, to get through the the stuff of that, that public school would have you get through. Um, at the same time, like my kid was doing, like he got deep into Egyptian studies like last year and he got these books out of the library and he taught himself all sorts of crap that like, I, I, unless you're going to be like an Egyptologist, like it's not going to help him at all. Um, but he did that, you know, and like, so yeah, you cover more material like that. They have more freedom to, to delve into things. And if you want to push them along, you can, you know, um, 
you know, my, my, yeah, my kids doing like big, big kid, like math stuff that I'm like, dude, I got to get the old, old textbooks out. Cause math gets hard. Math gets hard. <laughs> math gets freaking really hard. Uh, yeah. I mean, math, math, honestly, math in college killed me. Cause I got a finance degree and I did not, I, I was like straight A's until, you know, junior year of college never showed up to class. Cause I would just read the textbooks and then I hit a level with the math stuff where what you needed to know was not really covered in the textbook. And I never made the adjustment and that just crushed me as a human being. But this isn't therapy. I don't need to get into my personal (laughs) issues of what went wrong with me with schooling. Um, I'm curious to know, though, with the homeschooling that you're doing. uh, Firstly, how many kids do you have? He doesn't know. We have four. Right now, you have four. Yeah, I okay, got, I got to count. I use both hands. So um, it's interesting because if you do the math and you go, "Hey, my kids are the most important thing in the world to me," and the education is the most important thing in the world to me. So with four kids, theoretically, if you could afford to do so, you'd be putting them in private school. A good private school with four kids, you're spending about eighty k a year, and you're still putting the education into someone else's hands, mm-hmm. and it's not as good as what you know. If if you actually know how to educate, just fucking doing it at home. Or for me. I was not a kid who ever paid attention in class. And I'm telling you, for my parents, my parents got fucked by the schools I went to. It was like Camp Nowhere. They spent a lot of money for private school education. Those private schools were happy to collect those checks. And I didn't show up and it was a great scam. You know, the the school was happy to collect those checks. (laughs) I was happy to not have to show up to class. And my parents were too dumb to know that I wasn't showing up to school and using their private school money so that I could sit in my dorm room and smoke weed. Uh, if they don't listen to this podcast, it can be very disappointed in you, Robbie. Well, I've already done, I've, I've laid on the disappointment <laughs> thick. We're past it. <laughs> We've grown out of it. Um, but for you, Ben, do you, do you feel like you're getting, you know, I, I guess a much better return on your efforts than I guess working versus, you know, just educating the kids directly? Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, and even, you know, and like I went to school as a teacher and that actually ends up being some of the, the hardest part for me because like I, I, part of me still wants to like have a regiment, right? I, I need to have some sort of plan. What are we, what are we doing today? What do we need to learn today? What are we supposed to do today? And, and sometimes that, that gets in the way that actually gets in the way, right? Cause your kids can't like explore. They can't find the things that they want to learn about and actually learn about them. They're, they're stuck, you know, learning about whatever, um, you know, we just read roll of thunder, hear my cry. And like, you know, it, it just doesn't trigger him at all. So, you know, he wants to learn about chickens or whatever. And like, you know, like all that stuff and they can delve into it when you, when you let them. Um, so I, I do, I think we're, it's, it's, uh, much better, you know, and, and our, our youngest two are actually in, in public school right now. Um, they, we, there's just some issues there that we're, we're, we're working through. Um, and so we need a, a few, a few of the resources that, um, public school has and, you know, we're paying those taxes, so we might as well use them. Um, and, uh, just trying to deal with some of, some of the stuff that they come home with, um, you know, about like masks keep you safe and like, you know, stay away from your friends. You don't want to get too close to your friends. Like all, just all that stuff that we're already like trying to just battle and, and fight. And like, mm-hmm. you don't have to wear your mask. It's okay. You're, you're six years old. You don't have to wear your mask at home. It's okay. Like you're not going to get anybody sick. You're not sick. Nobody, you know, like just all that stuff. You're I'm already seeing it and I can just 
imagine I, what that would be like. In, in just to jump off that, I think now. that's two of the biggest problems with school. One, like I look at the history education I got, it's all New Deal liberal bullshit. It's like I literally was propagandized. Like you, you just fed me stuff that's not accurate. And the other thing what you mm-hmm. were describing, which is exploring your own interests, and this is one of the uh, the jokes I'm working on. I haven't done it on stage, so I'm sure it needs to be kind of crafted. But I do think life is about specializing in things that you are particularly interested in. And if you're particularly interested in, you're going to work hard, you're going to master it. And like you guys understand, it's all about specializing in specific things that you can add more value than other people. Um, so the joke I'm saying is like chemistry, which, you know, it, 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 you take one look at it and you can just go, that's not for me. It's like, if you're not gay, you're not going to like dudes. There's literally no reason to like, it does not come up in your life. Um, and so the joke I'm working on is like, how would those, how would the chemistry of kids felt about school if they were forced to learn cage fighting and they're more likely to get punched in the face than I was to need to know the elements on the table of, you know, who gives a fuck because it doesn't come up in life. Um, so that's one of the th- it, w- one of the things that you're mentioning, which is the big value of just homeschooling, is that if your kid is interested in something, even if it's Egyptian studies, which is very, very niche, mm-hmm. but I guess theoretically, if at six years old, you become the world expert on Egyptian studies because you were interested and you run with it, which I don't think your kid's going to do, <laughs> but I'm just saying theoretically he could, he could be yeah. the one guy who actually monetizes that. You know, with the cage fighting, you could make a good argument that it's probably more valuable for everyone to learn cage fighting than for everyone to learn chemistry. Yeah, you're more likely to get punched in the face. 100%. Those kids are more likely to get punched in the face than chemistry. Mm -hmm. Chemistry has literally never come up ever once in my life, and they wasted a whole year on it. Like, why do they even pretend, you know? What do they gain from that? Like, who's sitting behind the door like, ah, these fucking retards are actually thinking this is important? Like... You know what I mean? Why do they even? Uh, all right, whatever. I can go off forever on school. Um, before I let you guys go, teachers, John, teachers unions. Yeah, teachers unions. They, uh, that's the thing. They know that they're like they fucking know where the real money is, and it's selling people, which is why they've got brochures to get you into their college. And that's the thing they never teach is sales and persuasion. And meanwhile, that's where they're getting all their fucking budget and money from. They know what they know what's important. Um, so John, tell us a little about the, uh, finding freedom podcast and what you guys do over there. Yeah. Over at so Alliance of Liberty, Robbie, we were talking pre-show you've been on with, uh, with Mark Claire before hosts our, uh, flagship program on Monday and, uh, Mark's show is more geared towards, you know, interviewing people, you know, leaders in the Liberty movement like yourself, Robbie. And, uh, you also host those Dave Smith debates over there. Uh, Wednesday is Brian McWilliams and, uh, Brian, uh, a bit of a comedian. He's done some comedy comedy in the past, so he comes at it from like a current events angle, talking about the news and liberty. And my show used to be called Felony Friday, until recently I changed it, and it was every Friday. And I'd focus pretty much exclusively on the criminal justice system, uh, and really hone in on stories, people coming on, sharing the personal stories of of injustice. You know, spending you know 15 years in prison for uh, a crime that they, they didn't commit, you know, where no drugs were found and they're getting convicted on ghost dope and somebody who's just testifying in their trial saying, yeah, that guy uh, sold me drugs. And then their sentence gets reduced and they do 15 years in prison. Um, so with Find Your Freedom, I'm going to keep doing that, keep bringing those people on. But like, like one thing that's driving me now with everything that's happening with uh, current events and culture today, everything's so freaking negative. Um, 
I just want to focus in more on just those stories and not just be confined to the criminal justice system and just focus on stories of people overcoming obstacles. Like I want to, I haven't done this yet, but I want to bring on like immigrants, people who came into this country and started a business or, you know, found success or people who grew up in extreme poverty and uh, found success. I just got, just got a lead on a guest, a, uh, a woman that immigrated here from Romania when it was a part of the uh, uh, Soviet Union came to Florida, I think when she was eight years old and uh, started a uh, financial business. And now she's, I think she's in like her fifties now, but she's obviously blowing the whistle on the things happening here saying that uh, I've, you know, she's seen this stuff before, but you know, it's, I mean, that's why I changed the name to find your freedom to have that, that flexibility. And uh, I think stories, when you talk about advancing Liberty, advancing the movement, I think, I mean, I mean, you're a sales guy, Robbie. Um, it's all about people telling their stories. That's how you persuade people. You don't persuade people with logic and, and reason and charts and graphs like all these libertarians try to do. But. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because uh, firstly, I think that <laughs> great idea, great narrative. I fo- I'm, It's funny because what I'm doing, which is less persuasive, but it is a similar idea. I focus a little bit more on the negative, which is government's out there preaching the benefits of it and they're always ignoring the costs. And so I kind of hone in on the costs a little bit, um, which is, you know, what, what, what are all the things that they're doing wrong? What are all the things that they're, cause they're in the business of saying, Hey, we, we like, give us all your resources. Cause what we're doing is great. And this is the only way that the thing can function. So I just like to basically point out, well, here's what it's costing us. This is what they're not talking about. Um, but you're a little bit more focused on the positive, which I think is a good strategy of, Hey, what people that are coming here, what, what is the freedom allowing them? And it is very interesting how a lot of the, um, uh, Latin American immigrants are like, what the fuck? Like, just go look at Venezuela. Like, this is not what we tried to get into this country for. Like the, even if we don't have it, we came here for hope. We came here for the next generation. We came here because we like freedom and we like the fact that there could be economic prosperity. And uh, you guys are depriving us of what we fought to come here for. 100% agree. It's yeah, it's the immigrants that, that understand really what, what's happening here because they've seen it happen in their homeland or they've seen it. Their parents have told them what happened. So, All right. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Uh, it is Run Your Mouth, which easy name to remember. Go go, go grab their coffee, support what they're doing. And uh, next week I'll have a full review. I'm going to have my, my big old pot of the cold brew and uh, we'll drink it on air. Maybe we'll spike it with some bourbon. Maybe I'll try and figure out the perfect bourbon to go with your bourbon coffee. Never really had bourbon with coffee, but, you know, I like caffeine. I like coffee. I like bourbon. I think we'll all mix. I think we'll come together. All right. Sounds good, Robbie. Thanks for having us on. It will. All right. Peace, dudes. Thanks, brother. Later, man. Later. All right, man. See ya.